What's up, Badger fans? We're going to continue breaking down this great recruiting class, talk about some superlatives, and break players down into different categories. All that and more today's Locked On Badgers. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, what's good, Badger fans? Welcome to Lockdown Badgers. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. For all the everydayers out there, thank you so much for being part of this community. I really do appreciate y'all. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash Lockdown to get started. All right, I wanted to do some superlatives, um, break it into categories. I want your list, too. The follow-up to this show is going to literally just be your lists. So I'm going to ask in the comments, rank out your players in these categories. I'll probably put it in the Discord as well if you're in there. What we're going to do is take a couple superlatives and list five players in each category. You guys, again, let me know where you're at on this. Let me know your list, and we'll do an entire show just on that. Uh, what we're going to do today is biggest recruiting wins, most important commits, play early, Freakiest athletes, biggest upside, um, not getting talked about enough. All right, let's let's get into this. So, let's just start with biggest recruiting wins. Again, throw your top five in the in the chat, in the comments, wherever you're at. Here are my top five recruiting wins of this cycle. Starting at five, working my way up. Number five is Kevin Haywood. So that was that was a huge win. And if you remember back to where that momentum on that offensive line was, there were concerns about Bicknell Jr. a little bit, right? Um, we had missed on a couple offensive linemen. Penn State had taken a couple guys. This is a out-of-state four-star blue chip kind of tackle type of a prospect that had a lot of blue blood schools after him, Penn State in particular, right? To be able to go in, lock down a four-star offensive tackle out-of-state with a legitimate offer list. That's a huge recruiting win. And because it happened a while ago, we don't talk about it as much as some of the more recent ones. But don't for, don't forget, that, that's a big one. That was pulling in a big fish from the sea. Number four, Ernest Willard Jr., the highest-ranked composite player in the class, out-of-state defense alignment, uh, mega blue blue blood offer list. Uh, I think Wisconsin played a part in getting him to cancel his, his Ohio State visit. I mean, just name the reason. Any one of those individually – any one of those individually, um, out-of-state, four-star defense lineman, yeah, that would that's a <laughs> an enormous recruiting win. Oh, a guy with that offer list, regardless of position, that's an enormous recruiting win. A guy with that ranking, regardless of position, that's a huge recruiting win. To, to be able to go out and nail the biggest position I need against a mega blue-blood offer list for a guy who has uh, quite a bit of upside at the defensive line spot, Ernest Willard Jr. is my number four recruiting win of this cycle. It was just an enormous get on signing day for the Badgers. Number three, Dylan Jones. So I know a lot of people go back and forth with Dylan or Dupree on this one. The reason to me Dylan is, is a more impressive recruiting win is you got him to commit. And I'm defining recruiting win by just the difficulty of winning the recruitment. Okay, Just, just for clarity there. The reason Dylan is, is a higher, bigger, tougher win for me than Dupree is you got him to commit with two other running backs. When Dupree came on board, it's a lot easier to convince someone you're coming in to be the, the dude, the stud, the star, the 1A, right? The, the the foundation. Well, there were two dudes with Dylan, and you were still like, no, forget all those blue blood offers you got. You're out of state player. Come to Wisconsin and be part of a three-man running back class. Now, I'm going to get into Dupree a little bit later, and I think there's some reasons why they were able to make this work specifically, but... That's that's a really tough battle, and it's one of the reasons the Badgers were discounted a little bit in that that battle because people said there's already two running backs there. You're not going to go get Dylan Jones and add to that. He's not going to want to go there. He's not going to want to play in a three running back class. Well, turns out 
it's a big recruiting win because he did and he will and they did it. So Dylan Jones is my number three recruiting win. Number two, Emilio Agard. I listen, there's just no way to sugarcoat it. This is a battle Wisconsin doesn't normally win. Right. There was a tremendous amount of of offers of interest in Emilio. Um, again, the Philly kid coming out of Pennsylvania, so not a local player. And could have gone to any number of blue blood schools. You know, there was there was interest from Ohio State, Bama, Georgia, Tennessee, Clemson, you know, and Wisconsin was able to come in, break through an initial list. He wasn't even on his his initial list. Wisconsin just kept hammering away at it and eventually secured the commitment for one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Um, All-American, really big win. I think Emilio Agard to me is my number two biggest recruiting win. And number one, we've talked about it a ton. I'm not going to relitigate it too much, but it's Xavier Lucas. Right, keeping a Florida high school quarterback that Miami wanted out of out of Coral Gables, it's it's a tremendous win. So that's my number one recruiting win. Again, throw your top five recruiting wins in the chat. Let's go to most important commits now because this is different than recruiting wins. Who are the most important commits in this class? Again, starting at five, working my way up. Number five again is Kevin Haywood. I had him on the last cycle. I just think, hey, you need you need a, a prototypical tackle in this class. You needed one. Some of the guys on the, the current roster haven't really lived up to that, that status. Some of the tackles on the current roster and you needed a win at that point on the offensive line side, but Jack Bignell jr. Needed a win. You needed to show Penn state that they couldn't just come in and roll over us in recruiting. And they did that with uh, Kevin Haywood. Number four, Anelu Lafayette. You're talking importing or important recruiting wins. How about an edge, an edge disruptive player, right? Uh, you look at the roster. We talked about this a ton too. You needed that guy. You needed a player from out of state who can bring some juice to that front seven, who can upgrade the athleticism. They got him early. Uh, the new staff flipped over from the old staff and continued that interest. We're able to kind of resecure those communications and those relationships. That's a big win to get a player like that out of state after a coaching transition and a really important piece at a really important position of need. Number three to me is Willard Jr. Again, for all the reasons we talked about, defense line is such a need that when you talk about most important commits, getting him locked in, it, it's um, it, it's so important, right? You, you need more bodies, more athletes, more more size, more talent on that front seven. So getting him was enormous. And then the top two, we've talked about a bunch. My number two most important commit in this class is Xavier Lucas, and my number one is Mabry Metoyer. It's the quarterback, right? When you're talking who's the most important player of a class, it's always going to be the quarterback. It has to be because on the chessboard, that is your that's your king, right? That's your or your queen, kind of depending on the queen is actually more powerful, but the king is more important. I don't know. Either way, the most important command in this class is Mabry. Right? He represents the highest upside. He represents the path to be the biggest impact player in the class because of his position, because of his physical tools. So those are my five most important commands. I went. Haywood, Lafayette, Willer, Lucas, and Metoyer. Again, let me know your five most important. Uh, we'll play early. Here's my list. My top five guys that I think will play early. Number five is Darian Dupree. Uh, I'm just going to go through the list, and I'll get into the reasons. Number four for me is Grant Steck. Number three is Thomas Heiberger. Number two is Dylan Jones. And number one is Emilio Agard. So I have two running backs listed on this. And my here's, here's what I think is going to happen. I think if you get two four-star-ish running backs – with those offer lists, they both are coming in knowing that they're going to play. I, I don't think the staff makes promises like that, but I think, I think that's probably been communicated at some level, right? I don't think either of those guys are coming into red shirt. I think it's a safe bet they both play, uh, Dylan, uh, Dylan, and um, Dupree. <clears throat> Highberger, he's going to play special teams immediately. 
Like there, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That dude is too physically talented. Now, maybe he doesn't carve out a role in the defense right away. In fact, I would be surprised if he did. But if we're talking playing early, with his frame, his size, his athletic ability, he's going to be on every coverage team. Thomas Heiberger, you're going to see him all over that Madison field, that Camp Randall field making plays. A Grant Steck, I just think it's a combination of being physically ready and going into a position that doesn't have a lot of depth. I think he plays right away. And then I've talked a ton about Emilio Agard. I think he slots into that 2D. He's technically sound, physically ready. So those are my top five ready to play early. Again, let me know your list. All right, we're going to take a quick break for our friends of the show. Coming back, we're going to talk about who I think has the biggest upside in this class, the five biggest upside players, plus five guys who aren't getting talked about enough. That's coming up next on Lockdown Badgers. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at LinkedIn. And what a great time to talk about our friends at LinkedIn who are all about acquiring talent, finding the right pieces. Um, and that's what we're doing on recruiting. So LinkedIn helps you do that on the professional side. And they make every hire feel smoother, easier, more efficient, which is exactly what you need because that'll save you time. That'll save you money. That'll save you headaches. And they have the largest professional network in the world for a reason. It's because they crush it. And it's why small businesses continue to rank LinkedIn jobs, number one, against leading competitors for finding the best candidates for your jobs. They have screening tools, simple questions to keep the people from interviewing. They have no business interviewing. That wastes their time. That wastes your time. Listen, time is the most important thing any of us have. Don't waste it on interviewing Joe Schmo from down the street who has no interest actually in your job. Find the right people, the right candidates the first time. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. That's LinkedIn.com slash Lockdown College. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, let's, let's talk biggest upside. So, again, we're just kind of going through and ranking these players, right? Your biggest upside players in this class going from five to one. Uh, five, I'm going to put Rob Booker. I'm going to put a guy that we, we haven't talked about a ton, right? Obviously, flip back from UCLA. But when you just look at, I think Grant Steck is the more rounded tight end. I think he has the higher floor. I think he is the safer prospect. But if you want to just look at upside, there was a point where Rob Booker was a four-star tight end. He's, he's a high three-star now. But that's a six-six kind of really springy, rangy athlete. You know, uh, long wingspan basketball type skills, really unique athleticism, being able to kind of run, jump quick, like some receiver skills in that 6'6 frame. There's tremendous upside there for Rob Booker. Now it has to kind of come together. Uh, he has to work on blocking. He has to work on some of those other aspects of being a tight end at the college level. But just from an athleticism standpoint, there's not a lot of 6'6 guys with his his ability to jump and run on the planet. Like in general, just those those body types don't exist everywhere. Right. So to get him in and then to bring him into an offense that's going to put him in space, it's not going to come into an offense where he's going to have to have his hand in the dirt a ton. I'm excited for it. I think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of upside there that isn't discussed very often with Booker, especially in this class. He's kind of lost in the shuffle a little bit. Number four, I got Dylan Jones. You know, we had Brian Smith on and Brian, first of all, Brian Smith loves, loves Dylan Jones and said, yeah, he he looks like a Heisman guy. I mean, that's projection. You have to see how it comes together. But that's the type of upside you're talking about with Dylan Jones, right? So instinctive, so natural. You know, we had a comment in here from um, Commandant Clink who mentioned, totally agree with Brian Smith. Dylan's vision is outstanding. It's what stood out to me when I watched his tape and said to me, this guy can be special, just so natural and instinctive. Another comment Commandant Clink made is just how easy he shifts the ball from the left to the right hand as he, he's running to the very sidelines. He, he's so instinctive, so natural. And he has great physical skills, right? There's a lot of running backs who have great physical skills, but they don't feel the position. 
And then there's a lot of running backs who feel the position, but they don't have great physical skills. Dylan Jones merges those two, and he's dynamic because of it. So tremendous upside for Dylan Jones. I I think he's running back one for me in this class. I know some people prefer Dupree. I love them both. They're going to be used complimentary. But I think when we're talking upside, Dylan is more the complete package. Number three, I have Xavier Lucas. Again, this list is full of Lucas, but it's it's for a good reason. right? This this show, sorry, is full of Lucas, but it's for a good reason. Just a 6'1 corner who can run and fly and has ball skills and has been tested at the highest levels of high school competition, who's physical, who's rangy, who the offer list backs it up, the film backs it up, his coach backs it up, the production backs it up, the physical attributes back it up. His upside is NFL cornerback and not fifth round NFL quarterback. His upside is first, second, third round NFL quarterback. Now, most players don't reach their full upside. Most players don't reach their full ceiling, but he has those types of physical tools when was the last time a Badger cornerback had that combination? And it's not just, well, you know, uh, Deron Harrell was tall and fast. No, Deron Harrell played in Colorado, though. Like, this is different. Deron Harrell played kind of receiver, kind of cornerback, kind of whatever. This is different. This is a guy coming from American Heritage in Fort Lauderdale playing cornerback against those receivers and holding up on islands. <clears throat> it's different. He's different. And <laughs> what a big get. Number uh, two on the biggest upside to me is Mabry. Uh, For everything I've talked about already, they're just, he's a, I mean, just in a a vacuum, right? Forget, forget everything else. Just in a vacuum. If I told you, here's a quarterback, he's 6'5", 6'6", 220. He runs probably like a 4'6", 5", physical player, NFL arm, played at a high level of football. Like that checks again, checks similar to what we're talking about with Xavier Lucas. It checks all the boxes that you want for a physical prototype. He is the physical prototype at quarterback. He is, you know, that guy that I, I, the Trevor Lawrence comparisons are lazy and they're, but they're also there for a reason. Like he's that type of physical guy. I don't think he's quite as fast. Like he's not Trevor Lawrence, obviously, but he is that type of guy. And for that, like if you have a quarterback with those physical skills and that ability and someone who has shown internal improvement, right? The ability to get better and grow and to take to coaching, which he did from his junior to senior year. The upside there is immense for Mabry Metor. And it just also happens to be at the most important position in football. So I have him number two on this list on biggest upside. Number one on my biggest upside list, Thomas Heiberger. A 39-inch vertical would be among the better verticals in the NBA combine for guys who are dedicated to jumping high. He does that with a massive frame. It's not just the vertical, right? It's the vertical and the speed with that type of frame, that big, long, like that long limbed kind of get in passing lanes, keep offensive tackles off of him. He's a monster athletically. And he's to me the biggest upside play in this class because his tools are so unique and so different compared to the rest of not just this class, but I, I can't think of a guy they've gotten in that is quite his type of athlete coming out of high school. Right. They've got some great players like guys like Zach Bond, who's incredibly twitchy, but Bond didn't have his frame. Andrew Van Ginkle came out of a Chuko school. You start trying to think there's just not a lot of guys they've gotten in like this because there aren't a lot of guys like this, period. Now, he didn't play at a high level of competition. If he had played him, listen, here's the one reframe this a little bit. Put him down at a 6A school in Texas or at Fort Lauderdale in Florida and get more eyeballs on him. Like his offer list, which was already pretty good, had Oklahoma, a couple other schools, Nebraska, Texas Tech. He would have probably been a national recruit just based on those measurables if he had been in front of more eyeballs at an early age. But it, he played quarterback to start with. He was also a baseball guy. He didn't really play the camp game too much. There's a chance that this would have been like a four or five star type of prospect. 
and he is tremendously talented. So my biggest upside guys again: Booker, Dylan, Xavery, Xavier, Lucas, Mabry, and Highberger. Um, let's do the five guys not getting talked about enough. Five guys, and again, give me your list on this. Who are your five guys not getting talked about enough in this class? I'm going to start go at five. It's Hank Weber for me. Hank Weber is by the composite. And listen, somebody has to be last on a composite list, right? Somebody's first. That's Ernest Willer Jr. Somebody has to be last on this list. That's Hank Weber. I, you know, when he first committed, I got to be honest, I was a little underwhelmed when he first committed. You look at the measurables. You look at the size. It doesn't really have that big frame that you're looking for on a defense alignment. And I didn't think the measurables really popped. Going back and watching some of his senior film, He's better. Like, he's better than I gave him credit for. And he's a guy who carries the weight really well. Great motor. Uh, Justin on the the show the other day said he's got some headings in him. I agree with that. He's, he's, a, he's a better player than he's getting credit for. And he's a guy, you need bodies on the defensive line, right? Not every guy on the defensive line is an NFL pass rusher. You need enough that you can rotate out. You can send in a second wave. You can withstand injuries. He, he's going to give you good rotational minutes, and I think he's got a little more juice than people are giving him credit for. He was a little disruptive at times uh, playing down at Tennessee this year. You see him get his hands in the air, bat some balls down, make some plays with uh, disrupting the quarterback. I like him. I think he's a good potentially rotational piece. Um, again, I don't think the upside is there with Weber necessarily, but I, I think he's a really solid piece that's not getting talked about enough in this class. Uh, Gideon Atuka is on this list for me. I've talked about him a lot, so maybe I, I – in beating a dead horse here, but nationally and from a, a larger Badger fan perspective, I still don't think he's getting the, the credit he deserves. Everyone talks Dylan and Dupree. Again, I will repeat it. There is a reason they took getting Atuka when they did. It was a plan A target for them. That, that was a, a guy they went after. Um, they really liked, and they took him knowing maybe it would take off somebody down the road. Maybe they wouldn't be able to get a Dylan Jones. I'm not saying they chose him over Dylan Jones or they prioritized him over Dylan Jones, but what I'm saying is they weren't hesitant to take him in that moment. If you watch the film, throw out the rankings, throw out the pub, just go watch getting the Tuka run and tell me that dude doesn't have a role in, in a college football field. Tell me he doesn't have a role in the Big Ten in October and November. Really good player. Great balance, physical, tough to bring down, really low center of gravity, uh, good vision, good feet, not elite speed. Like that's that's probably why he's a three. If he had elite speed, he'd be a four-star guy. He doesn't have elite speed. But really physical grinder. I think he's going to give you positive yardage. And he's going to be a handful to deal with in the Big Ten. I like him a lot. Um, Derek Jensen. Let me, let's me let talk about Derek Jensen for a minute. A guy who, from a ranking standpoint, he in the composite, he ranks higher than Darian Dupree. He's one of the better. He's, I think he's an 87, 88 in that, that composite ranking. But nobody really talks about him, right? They talk about Mandel. They talk about Haywood. Jensen is, is a good player, man. Coming out of Arrowhead, obviously a good get. Someone you want to keep in state anyway. Uh, he's got the rec requisite size, 6'6", 3'10". Really remade his body. Um, had his coach on. His coach raved about him. I like him a lot. I think he's more of a right tackle, but that's fine. Like, you need a right tackle and a left tackle. You know, he's able to he, – there is clips of him um, pass blocking. He's able to get out and, and really move in space. He finishes blocks. I like him a lot. He's a good player. Uh, I think he's a right tackle, and you need one of those. Uh, moves well, carries the weight already. You don't have to project with him. So Derek Jensen is number three on this list for me of players not getting enough uh, pub or not getting talked about enough. Jay Harper is number two for me. Uh, again, this this is similar to Jensen. This is similar to Atuka. You know, Jensen gets lost a little bit in the Haywood, Emerson, Mandel buzz. Uh, getting Atuka gets lost a little bit in the Dupree, Dylan Jones buzz. Well, 
Jay Harper gets lost in the Emilio Agard and Xavier Lucas buzz. But Jay Harper is a six-foot cornerback who can run. He's versatile. You know, some of his best clips, too, are on special teams. It's showcasing his versatility, his athleticism, his explosion. He's got really good hands. He used him some on offense this year. He's just a weapon. He's a versatile athlete, size, speed, good length. Uh, we'll come up and pop you. And a lot of years, he would be the cornerback we're most excited about. You know, that just speaks to how good this cornerback room is. But Jay Harper's a baller. Like, I like him a lot, a lot of upside. And number one for me is Ryan Corey. Again, a player that seems like he's getting lost in the buzz of some of the other offensive linemen. Corey is a guard. He's not going to play anything else. But he's powerful. He's quick. Really mobile as a guard. Can get to that second level. Wall guys off. Um, I, I like him a lot. And, again, I've been a fan of finding some players that are more suited to play guard. Right? Not every guy you bring in has to be a six-seven tackle. So that's my list on the five players not getting talked about enough. Corey, Jay Harper, Derek Jensen, Ginny Tuka, and Hank Weber. Give me your list in the comments. We're going to take one quick break and then come back with your comments and some more of your thoughts on the recruiting class. But first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one place to go and get all of your, your sports betting. It's the number one sports book that I use for a reason. And that reason is it's fast. It's simple. It's, it's easy to use. What more do you need? That That is what you want out of a sports book, right? And they have everything you possibly want. They have parlays, teasers, spreads. It's all there. Every team, futures, I bet on them because I, I don't want hassle. And FanDuel makes it incredibly easy. No hassle, simple. Um, and the payouts are incredibly quick. Right now, there's also a great offer. New uh, first-time uh, – I'm sorry, first-time users – if you win a $5 money line bet, you can win $150 in bonus bets, which is that $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Use code fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, let's, let's bang on some of your comments because you had a lot of good ones, and we're going to do a couple shows of just your thoughts. The first one here is Kurt from Kurt244. He said, it's going to be nice to finally have a cornerback be a strength again. It's been a long time. Wisconsin has had more cornerback wins in two cycles than they did in the previous 20 years. I would have to go back and look at that, but you're probably not wrong, right? You look at the – we talk about a lot about this year, but look at last year. You know, DeCluna coming in, Amari Snowden coming in. There's talent. Uh, I, I still like Chase Arnold, too. Chase Arnold has wheels. He's not as refined, but he has physical speed. So, yeah, they've had a lot of talent come in. And in a couple of years – now, they got to keep stacking it. We talk about that a lot. But in a couple of years, this could absolutely be a position of strength for the Badgers. And how amazing would that be? Right to go from where we were with the 5'10-ish cornerbacks that are really good technicians and play well in zone to having a couple guys like Xavier Lucas and Amari Snowden and Jay Harper and Emilio Agard, like NFL-type prospects, maybe a couple of them. And you need that to compete. That's not that's not a want. That's a need. To compete at the highest level, you need to have that. So, yeah, I agree with you, girl. I'm excited about it. Uh, long, long Logan Thorpe said, Fickle said, all three running backs will play next year. Heiberger will play in Dylan Johnson. Let's go, Dylan. I love Dylan. Dylan's going to play. I don't I don't know how you're going to get all three running backs to play, to be honest. I think because Chess is coming back, um, which is a huge win for the Badgers. You still have Aker. You have Iacomelli. You have Nate White. Uh, I'm not saying any of those guys necessarily need reps, but they're there. So you're four or five deep already. You're bringing three guys in. I just don't see how three running backs get consistent reps next year. Now, maybe if we're talking in special teams – it works, although getting a Tuka is not really a guy that's going to be a special teams guy necessarily. With his, just he doesn't really have the frame for that. I don't know. We'll see. I, I wouldn't say impossible, but I, I don't know. I'm not sure. 
Vast Sleep says, it's a bit unfair, but when I watch Dylan Jones, he reminds me of Alvin Kamara with his great lower body balance and strength. Yeah, I don't know if I see the the quickness with Dylan. Kamara is just so cat quick, but I, I do like the, the body balance and the strength and just how smooth they run. I think that is an interesting comparison there. The guy Isaiah Wolf says, don't sleep on Atuka. I'm not. The rest of them are. I love me some Gideon Atuka. You know that. Uh, this is from Mr. October. He said 247 gave Metoyer an 87 rating over a year ago and never changed it. No more recent evaluation. How lazy. Not like he was hidden away somewhere. Yeah, I agree. Now, again, I don't want to belabor it, but rankings do exist for a reason. Like, get them get them right. Try to do a better job. There's no reason he's a three-star quarterback, in my opinion. Um, a couple sites got it right, gave him four stars. But, yeah, 247 felt like they felt like they were a little lower in our class overall this year for whatever reason. It's just interesting. It'll be something to track. We'll see who was right in four years. Um, Bite me said, too slow for me. This is in regards to Dylan Jones. Too slow for me. I need a running back with speed. Damn it. <laughs> he is a 4-6, 40 time. I think he plays faster than that, right? You can be 4-5 but not be instinctive, or you can be 4-6 and be instinctive. And I think he's a little faster than 4-6. Like, he runs away from people. He's not a 4-4 guy. He's not. I think he's probably going to run in the 4-5s in college. And with his, his power and his instincts and his ability to make people miss, I think that's plenty. I think he's plenty fast. Um, Brian Smith is maybe, I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Like I respect and thank you for throwing the comment in here, but Brian Smith has talked several times about speed being one of his, his assets. So I think he's probably faster than that time gives him credit for. All right, everybody really do appreciate it. Thank you so much. Uh, we're going to talk again. You can see more player uh, reviews come out, more interviews coming up, a lot coming up on this Lockdown Betters channel on Wisconsin. And we'll talk later.